This is our league, and this is your league. Broadcasting from the 55-yard line in Japan to the shores of the Great White North and everywhere around the world on Gridiron America Radio and the Sports History Network. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. They say those who can't play coach. Apparently those who can't coach sit 30 rows back, shirtless, shouting obscenities. Oh, that's right, mother Thanks to you, our team is armed with game-winning tips like catch the ball and throw it. Shout it out loud. You stink. That sucks. What a bunch of losers. Not just catcalls, but subtle psychological ploys to prod your team to victory. Reverse psychology. So here's to you, old sultan of shouting, because while there may be no I in team, thanks to you, there's always an F and a U. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 55-yard line. It is... Dave and I sitting down. It is evening in America. It is morning time here in Japan. I'm drinking coffee, and and after we wrap up this, Dave's gonna be heading to bed because he's been corralling he's been corralling kids all night. So, how you doing, man? What's going on? Doing great. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. This is too. This is less than a week. This is kind of nice. Now we got kind of a weekly show yep. we can do. Um, I don't have to update everybody as to what happened in my life like the last couple months. Though, if people are listening here, I mean, we had uh, we had an earthquake here in Japan, New Year's Day, which, uh, as I was explaining today before we hit the record button, it uh, I live on the west, I live on the eastern side of Japan, which is most of everybody lives on the eastern side of Japan. Uh, the earthquake happened on the western side of Japan, and we felt the the largest of the quakes we felt here. Our building, that moment where. You know, you're like, you're sitting there going, did you feel something move? And it was gone, but it was just, it was just, there was just a tad rocking motion. Um, and I've been from Chicago, we don't get many earthquakes. So it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, it got my attention. And, uh, but yeah, that area that where all the quakes are at has been, there's been a lot of seismic activity all year. So uh, hopefully it's the last of it for a while. So. With that said, man, uh, how's uh, winter in uh, how's that winter in Illinois? How's winter up in uh, in upstate New York? Just forties and fifties and no snow. Incredible. Damn. Only Damn. five inches of snow all winter so far. That's it. Yeah, Crazy. but it's Jan- but you know what? With that said, it's like anytime I remember in Chicago when we lived and we had you know warm winters. It's like, yeah, this is nice, but we're gonna get body slammed. Uh, unless the models change, I, I don't think so. It, really? It's not knock on wood. It's not looking. It's just looking to be cold. They're not calling for any. There's supposed to be a storm. A storm hitting the east coast that's supposed to miss us this weekend. So, it it's wild. It's just absolutely wild. It was. Damn. 
We had the warmest December ever. It was in the, I think, 42 degrees was the average temperature in December. It's oh, wow. Wild. Well, yeah, it's, you know, anybody, and without going into it, but anybody says global warming is yeah. uh, a hoax, eh, I don't know. I mean, where I live at, it's basically on the same latitude as Mississippi. And so, you know, when I first got here, I didn't realize how hot it was going to be. And obviously, this summer here, I mean, summer everywhere was ungodly, but you know, it was upper 90s for like almost two months straight. And the last time I spent any quality time in Mississippi, I was training for deployment to Iraq. And we were trained when we were during the training for Iraq, everybody and I trained at a National Guard base. Uh, along with about 11 other Navy lieutenants and uh, National Guardsmen were there. This is the height of the surge, and everybody's like, man, I can't wait to get to Iraq. It'll be a lot nicer there. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, here, 97, 97 degrees and 90% humidity, man, that's just a special kind of heat. So, yeah, yeah swamp ass is really the only way to describe it. <laughs> so, but with that said, hey, you know what? I'll take I'll take 50, it's 50 degrees here today. So I'm not going to, I am not going to complain about the weather, but um, yeah, no, it's going to bite us in the ass. So speaking of biting in the ass, uh, the big 10 beat, bit the sec in the ass this week, this past weekend. Sure did. I mean, it surprised a lot. I'm, I'm assuming it, it surprised a lot of people. I don't, I didn't think, I mean, they had four good teams. I think after what Georgia did to Florida State, um, all the criticism that the selection committee took went out the window. And uh, but uh, it was I thought both games were good. They presented um, a lot of great highlights, and now we're gonna have a, a championship game that you know it's gonna get an amazing rating. I I think it's gonna be it's basically the Rose Bowl. Playing for the national championship. Yeah. And, hey, where where are they playing the national championship this year? That is a great question. Um, I'm I'm not even sure. I, I will while we're talking, I will look that up because that's a great question. They just played the I'm just I'm going through all the um, all the bowl all the places they just played. Because it's not like they're that. playing in a traditional bowl game at the end of the year, which I honestly why they don't play the national championship at the at the Rose Bowl cuz it is the granddaddy of them all to um, me would make the most sense but obviously money talks now in college football well yeah so so basically they're going to be oh it's uh N NRG Stadium in Houston oh okay all right well okay. i'm 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 assuming they're they're rotating it so everyone could put bids in because if they just go to one place oh yeah you're not going to get yeah. you're not going to get like you're not gonna get like well I guess at the end of the day I'm surprised it's not in Dallas because it seems like Jerry Jones is given the most money for any game being played. Yeah, well I mean it's turned into the Super Bowl now. I mean real I mean it, which is great. That's what we all wanted as kids growing up yeah. when we had the national polls. But it's you know college football obviously is the other major league football league yeah. in the United States and mm -hmm. you know yeah I mean it's just so yeah I didn't know. And the problem is, like, so with the game, watching the game, I know you're going to be able to watch it. So for, like, mm -hmm. me here, I got to figure out a way to watch it. 
because I'm geo-blocked from college, most college football games. Huh. Without a VPN. And the problem is with the way the television contracts work. I mean, you got YouTube TV, but for me to use YouTube TV, they're they're like, oh yeah, we know you have a VPN. You can't watch TV. So oh. yeah, it's 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 a bit challenging. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. I might be able to find a way, you know, I mean, I'm sure somebody out there is going to do a, you know, <laughs> going to figure out a way to get the college game on TV for people to see overseas. I don't know least, how, yeah. I don't, I don't know where, but figure it out. I'm not even sure what channel it's even on. I think it's any, wouldn't it be on ESPN? I don't. Or ABC? That would be my first thought, but is it, is it one of those now and, I mean, it's ESPN. So you know what? Stream it and watch ESPN. Okay. Because I, I couldn't remember. I know they they had talked about. I know they wanted to package them, but then they were talking about taking the semifinals and the final out of the package so they can get a whole new round of people bidding on them. So I wasn't sure where they were in that process because if you say, "Look, we want the two semifinals and the finals," okay, box. ESPN, Apple, like there's a whole new level of revenue that they can they can generate by going that route. Right. Yeah. I mean, I miss. I mean, this is just me being just old, <laughs> you know. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm older than you. I mean, we were having this conversation earlier, and I forgot how much older I am than you. But, um, you know, back when I, you know, back growing up in the '70s, man, you had four, you had four games on. And you remember this too. Yeah, you had three four channels. games on, yeah. You had four games on three channels on New Year's Day, and the Orange Bowl was the last one. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the Orange Bowl. I think it was on NBC. Yep. The Rose Bowl was on NBC, and then CBS had the Cotton Bowl, and ABC had the Sugar Bowl. Yes. And that was our. And then they yep. threw the. Then the somehow the Fiesta Bowl creeped in there, and then that was kind of the start of when the whole. The bowl, everybody started having the bowl games. Then, then you got the Gator Bowl at 11 a.m., and then they started doing Oh, on the... New Year's Eve. That was the New Year's Eve game. Oh, New Year's Eve, okay. Cause... And then there yeah, was the yeah. old, maybe I'm I'm really dating myself here, then he had the Blue Bonnet Bowl. Oh, yes, BYU, was the, the annual BYU appearance. Yeah, and then there was also the Holiday Bowl, and there was Sun Bowl. Oh. But it was like, there was just, you know, but now you just give up. Is it the... Weed, weed eat the weed eater pulling bowl. It was like they, they had some yeah. great I missed those. Yeah. So it'll be interesting with how, you know, with everything with, you know, with the college football playoffs, how they work it. So for, for next year, because next year is the first year that it's full tourney, tournament, right? Yes. Yep. I believe so. Okay. That's weird because I've kind of been, I haven't really paid attention much to college football since I moved. Um, you know, it's, it's frustrating because I love college football. Though, for me, I'm able to, at least with ESPN Plus, still, because that's the one thing I can still get with the VPN. I can still use the V. And so I can watch the lower tier games. Like I can watch Western Illinois University lose, and that's my alma mater on ESPN Plus. It's it's easy. And, but unfortunately, and the problem with a lot of those games is the games that are lower tier, the uh, production quality is not what you yes. would hope for. Unless you're watching like a game like at North Dakota, University of North Dakota, because 
those programs up in the Dakotas are are top notch, and the production value. I mean, it's really good because they treat those schools. I mean, as like major college, and mm-hmm. and and these are teams that year in every season are dominant at uh, what I would I still call the Division One AA level. It's what mm-hmm. football subdivision level. So, um, so with all that said, so let's talk about now when we were before we started recording, we were trying to get a feel as to who saw what over the, the New Year's because there's just a lot of football this oh. weekend. And because you texted me <clears throat> during during the Rose Bowl, and I thought, okay, well, he's watching the Rose Bowl, but you had so much going on, you weren't able to watch the Rose Bowl. Obviously, I'm geo blocked here, so I figure. Instead of us just going over the games, and everybody who's listening to this, I'm sure knows who won each of those games, the semifinal games. So the topic I kind of threw out there on Twitter was, instead of you and I just rehashing the games, let's just ex- mm-hmm. you know just talk about why everybody wants Washington to win the national title. And I think that's a better topic than than review than reviewing what happened in the games. Um, your take? Well, I mean, I, I think, like I said, I mean, I would say it's mainly because of what happened with Michigan this year. Um, the whole videotaping and all that saga. And it seems like Harbaugh's in the news for something every week. And it's it's like the underdog. Like, it's like everyone loves cheering on that underdog. It's where did Washington come from? So, honestly, as long as, as, long as it's a good game, I mean – I don't see why if Washington does win, I don't see him blowing out Michigan. If there's a blowout, I tend to believe that'll be Michigan who will just just pummel them if it if it doesn't go well right away. But if it's if it's a good game through halftime, I think Washington has a chance. Just because it's it's one of those things where I think I see them playing looser than Michigan. I think there's a lot more pressure on Michigan to win this game than right. than Washington. I mean I like a, I feel like they're almost like they're playing with house money right now. Yeah. We got here. What's the worst that happens? We lose. Like I, it's one of those things where in. Yeah. And their conferences in the Pac-10 or Pac-12 or whatever, whatever it is still is now, that's yeah. gone by the end of the, this is, you yeah. know. And so, you know, to me, I think, you know, I grew up when I, I grew, I spent what first little bit of my childhood in Michigan. In fact, my first college football game was Michigan uh, versus Navy. So in my heart, I'm always been a Michigan fan if I've got a root. But in this one, I'm rooting for Washington because, well, not only are their colors the same as my, you know, purple and gold, all same as uh, my, uh, you know, where I went to college at Western Illinois. Hell, the W is even the same, damn near the same in their in, in Western's logo compared to Washington's logo. Um but yeah, no, I'm just, and plus oh, yeah. the, thing, the thing is with Washington and people forget that's where, where Warren Moon played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The greatest player ever to come out of Washington. I mean, and, and no, I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't mean to disparage anybody who's a Husky fan and they had a great season, but they're not yeah. a, they're not a, they're not a team that if you, if you name 10 teams, Washington is not one of those 10 teams when you think about playing for a national championship. So Right. I'm taking. I'm not trying to take anything away from their season. It was a tremendous season. They had some huge wins along the way, um, but it's just it's just one of those things where you you, you threw those four teams out. I was like, oh, Washington, huh? C- cool, good for them. 
No. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, Washington's in the semis? No. Like, you know what? Oh, maybe okay. maybe that maybe they can uh, NCAA can put a game together and, and next week they play Georgia. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be, you know, at least now this will be the last year of really having that controversy as to oh, who should really be they'll they'll have that controversy forever. They'll yeah, they, yeah. It, it's never it's never it, they're never gonna solve this. It, it's just how it's gonna it's how it's gonna be. You, you right. need to have until you have a definite route where there are in a, and like I said, here's an example. There are ten there's ten conferences or or eight conferences, yeah. and the winner those eight get automatic bids, yeah. and then you play it out from there. So until some scenario where you take voting or people's perceptions or people. You take, once you take until you take the people factor, the person out of it, and just have it cut and dry with you're you're in, you win the division, you're in. You, there's always going to be this, you know, this this team got snubbed or that team should be there. They're not good enough, and it's just how it's always going to be. Yeah. Well, at least it'll be a little bit more clear than when we were growing up when it was national polls and. Yeah. You know, but again, that's kind of the best. That's one of the best things about really college football is always going, man. And that's what, you know, and we're not, you know, maybe we'll talk at the end here, but like simulation sports, mm-hmm. being able to roll the dice and run those numbers to the computer and come up with like, yeah, maybe, but they, you know, the scenario, you know, you do the computer simulations and sometimes you get a little bit different results. So it's, oh yeah, it's always fun to, it's always great for a good argument as to which yes. team is better. So that's kind of what I liked about the polls and everything, but we'll see. I mean, but yeah, now this year, yeah, if Washington wins, we all win. But if Michigan yeah. wins, well, you know, you know, I mean, then if Michigan wins, then the question is, is Harbaugh going to stay? <laughs> I don't see it, but the question is, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't see him staying, period. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, a- the too but, too too much money and doesn't want to deal with the headaches. Yeah, they're but watching. Then where, does, then where does he go? Someone's going to offer him seven million dollars a year to coach in the NFL. You think so it's going to be the Bears? The Chargers is the is the one rumor. Yeah, but if he wants to go, someone's going to throw him seven million dollars over seven years. So it'll be like a fifty million dollar deal. He'll last whatever number of years, and this might be it for him. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. at, at, at all these guys, at some point, like, I don't see, I don't see the Lou Sabans anymore. I, I don't see, I don't see Harbaugh doing this until he's 70 years old. I, I don't see the Paul Bear Bryant's, the Joe Paterno. I, I just don't see right. these guys coaching into their, in their 70s anymore. I just don't, they don't, they, coaches don't get that kind of, not so much a leash, but carte blanche. You're not, they don't, they're not, their job is to raise revenue, to generate revenue just as much as is to win games now. Yeah. So if they're not a good fundraiser, if they're not a good um, NIL, the alumni, I mean, look what they did, Jumbo Fisher. Yeah. They, the, it was the alumni who came up with $85 million for him to go away. Probably the you best, know? yeah. That, 
I want that job. I, I listen. I'll sign a ten-year contract, and someone fires me after eight and have to pay. And have to pay me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and they're worried about will 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 we'll Fisher coach again? I don't think he cares. Yeah. I mean, he would probably want to, but for right. the next six years, seven years, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Well, even in pro football, I mean, you look at Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, he got fired mm -hmm. after signing a new contract. There's no, and I think he's actually assistant coaching. I don't know how that works with the contract. I think he can still be an assistant coach or some something like he, that. He he probably did a settlement and got a buyout and got a lump sum. Yeah, and said, "Look, we'll give you here. You got three years left at six billion dollars. How about we give you fifteen right now and we're done?" Right. Yeah. Yeah. But the best job really is to be a fired coach because yeah, you you ne you never have to work a day in your life after that. It wasn't wasn't it the Raiders who I, well, I might be wrong. I thought the Raiders had they had a current coach and like playing two other coaches. It was somebody within the last couple of years. Oh well, Groot, well with Gruden had, had, a, had a had a coach and they were paying like for two other coaches along with the current coach. I, well, I can't. Greg, it, that's the Raiders right now. I think they're, it is okay. I think it's got to be Gruden and Daniels and you know they're on the hook for those two paychecks. You know, who knows? But like you said, you don't know what the detail. I mean, nobody's, yeah. I don't recall anybody saying, you know, they got settlements. In fact, I think Gruden's still fighting the Raiders and everything for his dismissal. Yeah. Um, I'm, but, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Mark Davis, the minute that lawsuit hit, they put an injunction on having to pay him until everything is sorted out. Yeah. So he might owe him a larger sum later with interest in that. But these guys are all willing to roll what? I mean, <laughs> I hate to say it. What what's seventy million dollars of some of these guys? Like what's that, like? You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's, well, it's, now it's, nowadays, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been reading. I've been right now. I'm in the middle of reading reading Bad uh, Madden's biography, and I've been on an Oakland Raider kick. So I've been reading. Yeah, I just got done reading Kenny Stabler's biography and the rate and just just to think about the money back then versus how it is now, and it's just. The differences are just amazing. So, oh yeah, but yeah, but the, the was, best. It was there was still a lot of money back then. It was still a lot of money, but now that money back then is like chump change compared to what it is now. And even then, with the NFL, the way they pay coach, I mean, they think nothing of firing a guy after you know. I'm like after giving signing him to a six, um, hell, a nine figure salary. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, well, when all said and done, well, and you have someone sitting in, in an office with one of those teams trying to find a way to not have to pay that coach, right? And then once they go that route and say, "You did this, you did this, so we don't feel you pay you," how about we settle for this number instead, and we won't bring it up, and we won't drag it out, and it won't go to the court and all that stuff. So, I mean. It the the numbers we read about when everything gets signed are is certainly not the numbers that end up happening at the end of the day when the when the dust settles. Right, right. It it reminds me as I'm looking at all that going. It's like you know, like for me when I got to that point where I locked in the pension. Yeah, and I knew they couldn't screw with me. But until you get to that point, and a you know, it's just God, money is just money rules everything in sports, which it always has, but it's. Every, you know, every day it becomes more and more, you know, for us, again, you know, for us old guys, just thinking about how it used to be, it just, 
you know, there's a reason why you and I like sports history and like looking back how things were because it helps put everything we see now kind of in perspective. Because yep. when we go on, you know, like going on social media and I'm trying, I'm trying to segue into the UFL here, but give me a second and I will. But to see people just talk about like, oh man, you got no sense of history, just kind of where things were as to compare to now. You don't know how better it's almost you don't know how better things are now and also how much worse things are now when it comes to sports. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a double-edged sword. So, which gets me into spring football and we'll the other, you know, besides all the football that was going on this weekend, what happened during what halftime of one of the NFL games is uh Danny Garcia and Dwayne Johnson came on and announced the officially announced the what we already knew of the United Football League. So what do you think, man? I'm excited. I, I mean, it's, they, obviously they, I guess call them the, the merger. I mean, the merger worked. They, they, they got it all figured out. Um, eight teams, eight stadiums. It sounds like it's, it's, it, it sounds like it was worth the wait. I would say in my estimations, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I think, I think they have the the right partners. I think they have the, I think they need the, that Russ Brandon and, um, and, and his crew. I mean, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as negative as a, as a lot of things I've read. Um, I, I think, um, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be successful. I, th- I think we got a couple years of this. Um, with the combination of Redbird and, and Fox, I, I think, um, oh, I, I think they got some of the dead weight out of the of the XFL teams that were obviously the crux of of the losing money um, part of it. Um, they kept this, they kept the stronger teams with both sides, so I think that's going to help. And now it now it comes down to how they position it for tickets based on appearances, but it'll be where the national, the national revenue sorts itself out. I, I, I what? Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go oh, ahead and finish your thought. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the, you know, I've been very critical, obviously of everything mm-hmm. with spring football. I'm more positive. The more I read, the more I, think about it and i'm thinking this is going to be i'm thinking we're going to see something to akin of the 2020 xfl and how that came out of the gate very strong Mm -hmm. because just the way everything's lining up with tv contracts obviously streaming and streaming now is much bigger than it was back in 2020 oh yeah um i think and mike mitchell actually wrote a great article and i'm one of mike mitchell's biggest critics and he knows it, and everybody who follows spring football knows. Uh, I don't know why people pay attention really to what I think and my criticisms, but Mike wrote an article on SI, on Sports Illustrated, which was very good, that kind of laid everything out, and I got to give him credit. I mean, I'm normally his biggest critic, but he wrote a very good article about spring football, um, and I agree with him. I mean, I, it's, I this is the last chance, I think, but... This new this this merge league is in a in a great position to be around for a long time, 
if they don't let, and I always say, if they don't let the suit screw it up, because that's what always happens, the suit screw it up. So hopefully with the mark from a marketing perspective, from a TV contract perspective, I mean, everything, I think this is the best shot um, really that spring football has to succeed. Yep. I, I agree. I mean, and it's good to see. Um, it's good to see. I know um, Mike has done a lot of, a lot of covering of, of spring football and in different kind of, I guess you call alternative football. So it's good to see. It, it's good to see um, Sports Illustrated pick that up and put that out because I think that's something that's been uh, sorely missed. And uh, this iteration of spring football is, media outside of the media that's been created by the USFL or the XFL. Right. And that, and that, and, that, and that's where, and, and granted, I, I, Mike Mitchell covers both and he's got an ear to both of them, but to then have that put into a, a third party publication that honestly didn't cover it, hasn't covered yeah. it. Yeah. Might've put a, might've put a blurb, a blip or a blurb somewhere along the way is a good sign you know it hopefully that that feeds and and hopefully that gets more more exposure for both of them because it it's what's it, it's what's needed it, that's how it's yeah. gonna that's how it's gonna work well you remember back when we were kids when <laughs> sports illustrated covered the original usfl and gave that league so much legitimacy but ever since then you you haven't seen a mainstream. I mean, you do see obviously. You know, you and I have seen CBS Sports come out occasionally with an article. Um, but to have you know, hopefully this spring actually there'll be buy-in and full coverage from a lot of the you know the mainstream media. You know, I mean, um, I'm very. Go ahead. No, I'm old enough. I used to get the sporting news. And they wow. and 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 they covered the USFL. That's right, yeah, because they were they were all, all in of the USFL yeah. coverage. Yeah, they were they they during the spring was I mean because they 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 covered baseball, but they didn't have any exclusivity. But they they really covered. They threw a lot of uh, reporters at covering it. They covered each of the conferences. They did team reports. Yeah, I mean that that's that's how I got my first exposure. I mean watching yeah. it on ABC, watching it. Like getting the sporting news as a as a ten year old or eleven. Oh yeah, I, I, that was my subscription. It was like that was my Christmas present, my sporting news subscription. <laughs> well, and then now if you go back, you can, I think you can find like old issues of that, like at archive.org. Um, but you can find a lot, you know, PDF versions people have saved and uploaded. Um, but yeah, I remember that. I was I like for whatever reason I was a Sports Illustrated guy. In fact, I have a subscription to. You know, just to go back and look at at the old magazines from the seventies, and you know, back when Frank DeFord and Paul Zimmerman wrote for the, you know, back when that was real sports writing. And yes. I, I'm not saying people nowadays don't do. I mean, um, our Sports Central does a really great job, and those guys are very mm -hmm. old school. Yes. It's Paul Reese uh, who wrote the book, who wrote a great history book on the USFL. Brand Stuckberry writes for him. Really, yeah. really nice guy. Really great writer. Um, they're more in that those guys are really old school that their writings remind me of what we grew up with. But then you've got the other fan sites that honestly do a huge disservice 
to fans when they they go from hard news into speculation into damn near in some cases I've seen QAnon level type conspiracy that more well no I take that back people will take that article and then go to Facebook and then you see start to see the QAnon effect well and you know there are a few Facebook fan sites that fortunately I've been banned from because I just like dude get a grip get a grip and um you and I were talking about some of those earlier and it's like yeah yeah I mean I love fans but man sometimes it's like dude just get a grip a little bit you don't need to throw your conspiracy your 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 12 year old conspiracy dreams and fantasies on every page we get it but then you know the old guys are like what the hell is this guy smoking and there's always some guy like me that's always got to inject his opinion and piss everybody off searching for the clicks it's all they want click 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 yeah clickbait it's like you know i saw an article come out about you know okay so we were talking now i mean the league's literally barely even a week old and there's articles out about possible expansion and there was a discussion of it from by the us ufl and there was an article in us ufl news hub that's what it is now it used to be xfl news hub i guess um and there was no it was just you know mark perry was just repeating what was said there there was no speculation but ah, man you know what somebody's going to take that article and not that Mark's is saying that it's going to happen or anything, but somebody's going to take Mark's article and put it on social media, and then start spinning out, you know, spinning out theories and plans and everything based upon, uh, you know, just like oh, guys, come on, get a grip. I mean, so, but in all honesty, it's it's no different than what the NFL did in the fifties, what the USFL did in the early eighties, like. The USFL didn't play a game, and they were already talking about expansion. Yeah, yeah, in the '84 season. I, mean, I, I yeah. remember that vividly. How they, how already, the the list. I think it was Chet Simmons. The list of cities who have contacted the USFL about having their own team is I forgot what the number was, but it's it's all. I mean, you know what? At the end of the day, if one municipality or someone goes, hey, you, you, you're, you're looking to expand? Like, yeah, it, it's like that's like an investor call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. But yeah, this is where, like I said, the history part of it comes in. Yep. Because, you know, you read the you read it on social media and everybody's got a phone. So we've all got idle time. And I'd much rather sit down and look at the sports groups than read any other the crap that's going on in the world right now. Because yeah. ultimately, in the end, we're all football fans. We all want the same thing. We all want spring football <laughs> to succeed. And, but yeah, we don't want it to go away. And, you know, I mean, the fan sites do a great service, but sometimes they also do a disservice. And that's fine. That's, you know, we, we live in, we don't live in a communist society. We live, everybody's out to make money on their, that's fine. Um, but it gets frustrating from guys like you and I that know our history well 
And sometimes, you know, not only do we see history being repeated on the business side, but also in the media side. And it just it just gets frustrating. So hopefully I don't foresee them expand. They've got to get at least two seasons under their belt before they start talking about expanding. If they have a good year. Yeah. Don't don't be surprised if there's 10 teams next year. Okay. Well, if they're going to do 10 teams, they got to add a couple teams to the North because it's. Well, I mean, I think it, at the end of the day, there's a lot of potential stadiums out there that, you know what? If you're sitting in a city that doesn't have professional football and you have something like a St. Louis and you have a stadium, Yeah. It's worth it's worth a conversation. Right. Yeah. Now you need you need to find like it's one of those things where you need to find like there needs there's only so many matches, but you don't need seventy thousand. No. No. You need a soccer stadium. Twenty five. Twenty thousand. I mean like 30, with DC. 30, Thirty max. Like with DC at Audi Field. That's perfect. Yeah. And there's a lot of those stadiums. Well and in some not even in the major, <clears throat> you know, um, you know, somebody mentioned Omaha would be a great place for it. But they just can't. Don't play in Rose and Black. Don't don't do what they did with the uh, with the, the Nighthawks at the end. They played they, downtown. Uh, they played it downtown in downtown they, Omaha at the baseball stadium. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, but um, my 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 personal that's just my personal opinion. I don't know. I mean, I saw those. I'm getting. I'm a sucker for the aesthetic of baseball or football in a baseball stadium. So you know, to me. Hell, I was watching um, some of the college playoffs here, some of the college games here in Japan, and uh, you know they were playing a uh, couple couple games. Oh, actually, no, it was the high school. I think it was a high school championship. Oh, uh, they played it at, at Yokohama Stadium in the baseball. So to me, I like that look. But yeah, no, I agree with you though. It was kind of like a it. Well, good examples when the Vipers played at Vegas. I mean, I don't think I'm I'm exaggerating. It looked like county fair football. Not even state fair. It looked like county fair. So <laughs> it looked like county fair. So it, I it you was, know. Huh? It was embarrassing. It and was. they easily lost ten million dollars just on that city. Easily. <sighs> Well, and that was all my whole criticism from the get-go, and I'm watching it, tuning in, and you and I had these conversations. Like, Vince McMahon would have never allowed that, period. Because that, would, that, that the XFL 2.0 was well planned out, was well thought out, and, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, even the first XFL was well planned out, well thought out. It was in the execution that, that it failed. Um, this one just showed me poor planning and poor execution, at least oh, in Vegas. Yeah, and they and they definitely didn't have enough money put into it. Right. Like Vince McMahon lost hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. But he also put up a lot of money to get this thing going. So he lost say he lost two hundred million dollars with this. He still put in five hundred like like the he just it wasn't he put nothing in and lost 200 million dollars he had to put in 400 million made some of it but still lost so i mean yeah the sheer the sheer amount of money that 
Vince McMahon put in on this pet project of his is is enormous. I mean, right. to get the buy-in from NBC to get like like there's there's some serious money going through to for for those facilities. I mean, they sold tickets. I mean, those games, some of those games had 20,000, 25, 30,000. Like they were well attended. Yeah. They started off with good ratings. The ratings plummeted, but they they definitely went all out to make this work where the iterations afterwards was clearly not the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, you know what I, there's, I listen, I, mean, I don't know about you, but I listen to market. Um, was it the guy, people on marketplace, they always go half full or half empty <laughs> on something. I think I'm half full on the, on, on the UFL this year. I think, um, even, but my only pet, my only, thing with the ufl is danny garcia and the rock i think we can't see too many we can't see them on the screen every five minutes pushing tequila and pushing energy drinks and i don't i don't i don't envision i don't envision that i don't know what the i don't know what the partnership is going to be at the end of the day but i think we need a little bit more of the Daryl Johnson side of things and the then the XFL, the Rock and the Danny Garcia side of things yeah. were let I mean, let the game, yeah. let the team speak for itself. Right. I mean, I think like I said I knowing what Russ Brandon put together with Buffalo, um, good marketing guy, good he's, he's a good team president. I mean, there was literally the training he he made the deal with the training camp that brought the bills to from Buffalo to Rochester. And I mean, that was a 20 year deal. I mean, he, he understands he's one, he was one of the people that put the whole bills going to Toronto packages. together. So he, I, I don't think, I don't think people understand that he had a like 20 year career as the president of the growing up and, going through the Buffalo Bills organization to where he was um, Ralph Wilson, the owner's right-hand man. Like he would, because Ralph wasn't in, Ralph was in Detroit. He lived lived in Detroit, never from Buffalo. Um, and he was, he was the basically the, the person running the Buffalo Bills day to day for many, 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 many years. So okay. I, I think they have a, I think they have a good, I think they have a good person overseeing it and now it'll be interesting to see um i'm not saying more, more control um a better situation how this plays out yeah well let me well, let me ask you what your opinion is do you think i mean obviously the hardcore fans are baked in you and i are baked in i mean the xfl i'm sorry the ufl but you know the the spring football crowd they're baked in, they're bought into it. And obviously we see on social media, we know who the hardcore fans are. Yes. Um, so you got us watching. My question is, and we won't know this obviously until the end of the season, but is America going to buy it? And that to me is the big question because, you know, they, they've got us, they've got, you know, the hardcore, but we're very, I mean, you think about, <clears throat> what the spring football fandom is it's a very very small it's almost a percentage of a percentage 
in some ways when you look at these stadiums as to who how many people aren't attending. I mean, we see a lot of empty seats and everything, and the ratings obviously are not, especially when the X and we you and I looked at the XFL ratings last year, and hell, that some of these games couldn't even beat sports, um, not only sports center but uh, house uh, one of the housewives you know shows on 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 Bravo. I think we saw yeah. one time. So that's I think the question is: Is America going to buy into spring football? Now, when spring football starts, when the UFL season starts, that's right in the middle of March. That's right when March Madness is starting to kick off. So I think they're going to struggle in the beginning. But the question is, is obviously, it's not really how you start. It's how you finish. Mm-hmm. Are they going to get more casual fans? Because I think that's, to me, you know, and I was talking about this with somebody. I forget who it was. Like, well, it's. You know, so many people associate spring football with wrestling because of the Vince McMahon factor and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was talking, actually, I was talking with somebody, um, somebody on Facebook, actually. I think, um, yeah, guy knows the sports history and he just said, you know, there's just, you know, wrestling fan, you know, a lot of people just equate, there's that wrestling aspect of spring football that I think the UFL, UFL needs to quickly shed because otherwise, you know, you're going to, I'm trying to say, you're not going to attract um, the little kid. You're not going to attract the female fan. You're not going to attract guys who aren't wrestling fans. You're going to be like, okay, I got something better to do. So hopefully they, 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 they focus in on the folk, you know, take care of your, your hardcore fans, but also at the same time, do what you can to attract other fans. And I think they're in a good position to, to, to make that happen, but it's in the execution. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing too, just on that note, you've got, you, you know, the UFL has a lot of people, a lot of going back to the fan sites and everything. So you've got Mark Perry doing his work at us, USFL news hub. And you know what? He does a great job. I am a huge critic of him, but when it comes to taking, you know, reporting to the fan, getting information out, he does a great job. The guys at Pro Football Newsroom, uh, Stefan, um, Zach Kyleman, they do a great job. Everybody's a football fan. And there's other, you know, other websites too that are out there. You have the UFL has all of these fans who are devoted, who have spent a lot of money, a lot of spent a lot of time put a lot of money and resources they need to you utilize these free sources to get the word out so hopefully you know hopefully this year i mean obviously you know you know last few years it and these fan sites have been going on for, for a long long time yeah. so hopefully they're going to leverage the fan base to help bring more people in so um and you know for like you said anybody you know we were talking earlier about you know that expansion article Good article in USFL. I'm sorry, on UFL News Hub uh, that Mark wrote, just kind of outlining about what potential expansion plans are with the UFL. And maybe, maybe it's going to happen. Maybe it's won't. It's it'll probably happen if the league is successful. Um, but also, too, you know, you got Mike Mitchell. He did a great article with, on SI, saying, "Hey, you know, you know, it was very, it was a very objective article, which I enjoyed reading." Um, so, with that said, you know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what next week brings. And obviously we've got the dispersal draft coming up. So I'm not really into that. I'm 
you know, because right now we don't know what to make it. Somebody was like, well, what are the odds, power rankings for the league? You go, well, it's kind of too soon for that. We don't know. We we don't know. But again, this is these are fans. It's just what fans do, which is fine, which is fine. It's, you know, come, come kickoff, then I'll kind of pay attention to that. So speaking of kickoff, our, uh, uh, oh, go ahead. You're getting ready to say something, man. Well, as I say, I think we'll have a good indication, at least a preliminary indication as to the potential success is once they announce the television schedule. Yeah. So so now you have the best. Didn't even of, think about. Didn't even, that, that's a good point. I forgot about that. You have the best of both worlds. You have the you have Fox and you have ESPN, ABC. Now, granted, you're going against the NCAA, the NCAA tournament. But if I'm, I mean, I want to see the the XFL put games on like second-rate cable channels against those. Yeah. I mean, I'm not in the room. I'm not making this. Up. I'm not making this. I, I'm assuming that ABC probably doesn't have the strongest programming going on the weekend of the NCAA tournament. What's What's the worst? What What's I mean? Uh, they can probably get better than a than a movie by putting the kickoff of the of the UFL season on ABC against the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I don't know what this, but I think once we see the the announcement of the schedule and where what networks are being used, once again the times of the games and how this all plays out, I think we have a good indication because we have a lot of 10 30 Thursday night games again. Oh, yeah. People aren't going to tune in. Yeah, I'll so, tune in because it's morning time for me in Japan. But 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 the but, casual person, the, the yeah, casual person, right. you have a better if the game's Saturday night at at seven o'clock on ABC or ESPN, you have a great chance of getting the random bar that had a game before it or something not realized or or an easier chance to put it on. Because if you're going to your local sports bar and you're going, hey, can you put USA Network on? Right. It's going to be hard to get that, or but it, but if it, but if it's on ESPN or if it's on FX One, like like a normal, not normal, a, a, a typical sports bar channel, I think you you have a lot better uh, opportunity for the casual fan to trip into it, um, yeah. than they did this past year. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but. At least with the you know the new with the league this year they don't have any West Coast teams so yep. and that was the other complaint too people were having couple couple complaints actually no major market teams no West Coast teams and it's becoming with the exception of Michigan it's basically a Southern league so um, obviously there's a reason why most teams are in the South because it's kind of warmer and mm-hmm. Michigan's got a dome so that's understandable. But with that said, you know, I mean, you got to go to your strengths, but, um, but we'll see. I mean, it's, you know, there's plenty of dome stadiums, but it's again, you know, I think that they were smart just keeping one Northern team and kind of, you know, keeping the teams in the South this year. And it's made for TV. So you want good weather. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not, it's, it's not about, not about the old USFL or the old XFL where you're where you're making up a, a three team league and the the Great Lakes division and then you had the New York New Jersey area like 
we're not we're not there anymore. It's not we're not at that where you're trying to put a block of teams here, a block of teams here, a block of teams here. Right. They're all going to fly. Yeah. So whether it's an extra hour or extra two, now you're not going to have a USFL game where it's such a driving rainstorm in San Antonio that the power goes out. And right. 40 years later, you're talking about you're you're talking more about how the lights went out than the gamblers <laughs> playing the gunslingers because that was a night that it, the, the the thunderstorm knocked out the the transmitter and the place was dark for 40 minutes until they got it back up. They don't want that. Like that yeah. that like those stories are great. They're no, they are great. 40 years yeah. later, yeah. But they want to they, they want to control it more, made right. for TV, and yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, again, it boils down to how much the average fan is going to buy into it. Yeah. And you see, too, on social media, man, there's a lot of, there's, it's split, man. People are like, man, if the breakers aren't in, I'm done. I'm, you know, or I'm, I'm, I'm through with it. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how much of that, because the one criti- criticism I had was, man, you're pretty much cutting your half. I mean, you're you're cutting your fan bases and you're making one new, but you've already lost. You possibly have lost, but we'll see. We'll pe- you know, me personally, they're going to tune in. It's like the guys that's like, you know, with Colin Kaepernick. Oh, I'm never going to watch the NFL. It's always some old angry white guy. It's that's what it is. It's always that guy. You know, it's like when uh, what was it, Little Mermaid, the live action had a had a person of color in there. Um, and again, who was upset? It was the old white guy. So I think people are gonna people are gonna watch it. You mean like Kid Rock and Bud Light, and yet he oh. never stopped and he never stopped serving it at his bar because it's number one selling beer at his bar, right? <laughs> and you know what? It's great now to see those Bud Light commercials with Peyton Manning. <laughs> he tosses it to everybody I'm like, okay, you get a Bud Light, <laughs> you get a Bud Light. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. Actually, you know, it's funny talking about Bud Light. I got a case of it in the clock. I got a case of it in the pantry here too. Made the trip to, uh, made nice. the trip. we yeah we were made our every three months we go make a trip to the commissary down at the Marine Corps base, and man, like oh they got Bud Light. My wife's like, don't get Bud Light. Don't get had nothing to do with the the Kid Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was just like no. I go no. I'm grabbing a kit because honestly. Listen, when I want to drink a beer, I don't care. I, I don't care if there's a rainbow on it. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And actually, you see a lot of the microbrews. They're all rainbow yeah. colored and some. They're all, you know, for lack of a better term, they're all fruity colored. <laughs> hey, okay. Oh, you just stepped away. Dave right now just stepped away from the camera. Oh, there he! Oh, that's what he's going. He's got that. That's my favorite. Miller High Life. Yeah, it's the champagne. Oh, have you ever done the brewery tour in Milwaukee? I've not. I've, I've been to Milwaukee once, and it was closed the day I went. Oh, yeah. My wife and I we we went a trip up there from Chicago one day because she wanted to do it. And it was well worth it. You yeah. walk into where you know because it's it you know just like. Man, it smells like an old man bar. The 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 beer, yeah. The oh yeah, no, really. You know what? That I think they did have Miller. I think they did have the Miller High Life there, and I didn't grab it. But to me, if I've got to pick, and Miller High Life's on there, I'm grabbing the Miller High Life. 
Because yeah. that is, to me, is the best. Yeah, I and, and way before this, I've never liked Budweiser. Unless they want to become a sponsor, then I will gladly show your can all the time. But uh, never being being up growing up in Buffalo was uh, Labatt Blue, like Blue oh, Light. Yeah. That was our that was the big beer because we were right by the border. I was I was I grew up five ten minutes from the Canadian border. Yeah. So. So you've gone over and gotten a two four. Of course. My wife's like, "What's it two for?" I go, "It's it's a case. It's it's yeah. Canadian speak for a case." So yes, because yeah, because you have to go to a special store. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the beer store. Yeah, the, it's like in Strange Brew, man. It's like yeah, yeah. We'll oh, yeah, no. a, yeah, yeah. Uh, two four, please. You know, and then you whip out the mouse in the bottle. <laughs> well, here in Japan, I mean, the thing is with beer, um, beer is kind of pricey. I mean, there's good beer here. You go into, in fact, we're going to head to the grocery store probably later today. Um, yeah, I go, I peruse the beer aisle, but they sell things more by the can here. Uh, and there's one beer, I, don't, I forget the name of it offhand, but it's kind of a cheap beer. So it's like a six pack for six bucks. It's pretty damn good beer, but it, you know, it's Japanese beer. But so, yeah, no, I appreciate going to the, the Marine Corps base and, being able to get American beer and, but, but yeah, getting back to what we were saying. Yeah. Kid rock, that whole thing, the beer controversy, angry old men. It's like, man, yeah. Yeah. So he's got to sell, he's got to sell those greatest hits albums somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't get why people get upset about, Oh yeah. Go. Yeah. I remember how we started this, you know, talking about the old, about people being upset that their USFL team or their XFL team is gone. Yep. It's like, dude, you're still going to watch it. Cause there's, it's oh. football. If you, you know, I mean, you and I are going to watch it and you know, you and I last year were the leagues, XFL leagues, harshest critics because mm-hmm. we were very, but we're going to watch it, you know, and honestly, it's going to be an enjoyable. And I think this year, hopefully there'll be a kumbaya. And I've known and this year I started out, I'm not going to, be very critical of uh, the USFL media. I'm just going to let it play. You know, I'll call them out for, for I'll call them, I'll call the media out obviously um, for bullshit spin on attendance and ratings numbers. But in the end, you know, and I think, I think maybe this year they've learned their lesson. Call it as you see it. You know, don't be Baghdad Bob when your ratings are declining saying all is well, you know, there's some positive in here. No ratings suck period. And you know, let the reader figure out, let the reader mm-hmm. take a look at it and come away yeah. with any positives. Don't be the one trying to spin positive, a spot, do a positive spin on real shitty news. I hate that. Yep. And that's just the Intel officer in me. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. if I would have ever, and that was the thing too, I don't think we ever talked. So, you know, we, we talked about those ratings last year for the XFL. Okay. And so if I would have taken, if I, okay, if that would have been an intelligence report, mm-hmm. Okay, that I had to go brief in front of an admiral. I would have got my ass chewed out for giving a, a positive spin. It just makes you look bad. So be honest, call it as you see it. And yeah, say we don't know the streaming numbers, but don't make it sound like, you know, the streaming numbers, because that was always pissing me off. Well, we don't know what the streaming numbers are. So, oh, so now you're saying the street, because you're implying that the streaming numbers are, are going to be great. And so yeah, there's a. There's a hundred million people watching it on ES, ESPN Plus. Yeah, 
Yeah, don't. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> how it was phrased every time. And it yep. pissed me off. And I'm like, come on, that's not responsible journalism. Hopefully, hopefully those guys have gotten the message mm-hmm. this year. And I'm not going to name names, but anybody who's listening, who know me, knows me, knows you and I has listened, know exactly who I'm talking about. And with that said, I think this year, I think they're doing a better job of mm-hmm. covering the league and being more objective about it. So that's been my only spin. So, hey, let's segue a little. Let's segue here away from the UFL. Let's get back to Japan here. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk Rice Bowl. So last night, um, now remember it's morning here in Japan. It is still yesterday in in the in, in the states right now. So it was yesterday for me. So we had the Japanese version of the Super Bowl, the Rice Bowl, in which the Fujitsu Frontiers beat the Panasonic Impulse sixteen to ten. This was three years in a row we've had this matchup, and three years in a row we've had the same result. And, um, you know, they play the game at the Tokyo Dome. I don't know, because I've been going back and forth with my buddies over at Gridiron Japan, because we're going to be covering this game either this week or maybe reviewing the game. I don't know. Whenever the, the three of us are able to, to sit down um, to, you know, kind of review the game. But, yeah, so it was the third Third year in a row, Fujitsu has won the X League title. Um, the three of us pretty much called this at, at the beginning of the season because Fujitsu is just their stack. And unfortunately, our buddy BJ Beattie, his brother Bronson, was injured during the game on defense. Wow. He's okay. Possibly, I think, a sprained ankle or I think a high sprain or something. But he's okay. But yeah, they carted him off. But yeah, Fujitsu, man, I tell you what, they, um, you know, the grid the gridiron game here is and it could be so much more it could be so much more i mean they've got they literally have january 3rd which is a national as a holiday here all to themselves hmm. the game was on satellite on nhk which is a national broadcaster but it's the broad it's the satellite band it basically it's like base it would be like if the game were on direct tv um, so only so many people have access. So a lot of people have access to satellite TV here, but it would have been great if this game would have been on the regular NHK channel. But you know, hopefully one of these. I, I don't. It's frustrating because I, I cover the game. There's only three of us covering the game here, and next year, now that I'm fully settled, I plan on doing write-ups and everything. Good for as many games as I can, because nobody's covering it on the ground here. And what you see in America, on American football international, they don't have far as I know, they don't have everybody on the ground here um, covering the game. They did a write up about the game and I think they borrowed it. You know, they, you know, let's probably listen to our podcast um, at Gridiron Japan. And then also, you know, went to the X league website, ran, you know, I mean, the, the these, the, the translation programs for these browsers yeah. are phenomenal nowadays and able to piece. And it was actually, you know, it was, it was a pretty good article, but um, I don't know if they have any really anybody on the ground here. So next year, now that I'm settled into my place and going to have good. a little lot more time, hopefully be able to sit down and do write-ups hmm. for each week of the X league to see, you know, for people. I mean, this is just kind of a not getting paid X league, definitely not paying me for it. Um, and in retirement, you know, at least in retirement, I can be all, what I wanted to be when I was 12 years old There you go. with, with the technology. So, um, but yeah, going back to what I was saying, the X League, yeah, they had the championship. 
don't know what the attendance numbers were. If I had to guess, maybe 15,000 were in the Tokyo Dome. I know John and BJ were there. Um, John was, you know, uh, I know they both were there. I didn't get any pictures from the game this year like I did last year. But they had halftime entertainment. It was basically like a poor man's version of the Super Bowl. They had halftime entertainment. Um, some Japanese, I forget who it was. That was funny during the game. So the halftime entertainment's on. And I text the, the BJ because he's sitting there watching it. And I'm like, dude, these guys suck. Like, but again, that's just the old guy, old white guy <laughs> yeah. in me too. So, but game wise, it was pretty good. But Fujitsu came out. Basically, they, they punched Panasonic in the mouth with an early lead. And again, it was 16 to 10. So it wasn't like, um, you know, it wasn't like it was a high scoring game, but Fujitsu pretty much dominated. And, and you know, even with the injury, cause there was a lot of injuries in the game too. Um, but Panasonic had a chance at the end to win, but they, uh, they were down towards the goal line and it was fourth and 10 and they chucked the ball and it was game over, but that was about a minute with about a minute or about two minutes left. So it was nice for a game. It wasn't yeah. a blowout because we had the coaching ball and that was a 61 to 21 game. And that just sucked. It just, it was horrible. So they had a competitive game, but we'll see the X league's got its issues um, with parity. When you, when you have a league and this is where, you know, it, it's much like back in the forties with the old AAFC when the Cleveland Browns won every year. That's kind of what we have here. You know, you've got a situation set where it's the same team. In fact, now that I think about it, I've never seen Fujitsu lose a game since not yeah, at least me personally. So mm-hmm. I've been since I've really been following the league in the last four years. Um or I really well, no, since we've done the podcast the last three years, Fujitsu has never lost a game. Wow. So 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 with all that said, we've covered a lot of ground here, and I know what time is it over there in uh in your quarter after ten. Quarter after ten, it's getting close to bedtime, and it's getting. I've got errands to run and everything here in Japan. So, with all that said, uh, we can. You want to reconvene next week, and hopefully, we sure. will have a guest next week. I am working on uh, for those of you who are listening, who have listened to this show in the past. Uh, hopefully, uh, within the next few weeks, we will have. One of my, I call him a very good friend because he is, because he was the one guy as I was getting ready to move to Japan that checked in on me when I was out in Boston, you know, reached out to me, you know, gave me and my wife a whole bunch of great suggestions where to go eat. Um, Former GM of the New England Patriots, former scout with the 60s era Baltimore Colts. And the son of former NFL commissioner, Burt Bell. It is one Upton Bell, and hopefully we will be having him on next week or the week after, but soon. And also the guys from the UFL podcast to talk about the the league. Um, you know, I was hoping to have him on this week, but things are so fluid and everything. I figure we'd give a, you know, there's plenty of time before the start of the season there to to have them on. And also a friend, um, Stuckberry at, uh, over at our sports central. Hopefully we're going to have him on this, at this month when our schedules, you know, coordinate and everything to, to talk more about, not only about the UFL, but about the sports writing done over at our sports central. Cause they cover all the minor league sports and 
it's the one place to go. I mean, there's really not too many places that report on these uh, on the minor leagues, mm-hmm. but their league, mm-hmm. th- their their website covers it all, and it's a labor of love and some great writing. Again, Paul Reese um, and Fran Stuckberry um, run that site, and if you've not read Paul Reese book on the USFL. It's available for Kindle on Amazon. It's definitely worth the money to download and read. And um, and with all that said, but, but before I sign off, let's really re- real quickly let's end it up here talking about books. Um, have you have you, have you started anything new since we talked? Last I week? just I, I started a pastime of your recommendation. Yes. So it's uh, that is a great. I have read that book twice. So the book pastime. And who is the author? Because my memory is slipping on me right now. Ted Cluck. Ted Cluck. That's right. That's right. Um, it is a okay. So the book, the it's about simulation sports and it's about simulation football, and it's about Ted's experience in a simulation league um, using action PC sports. No plug here because I'm gonna, you know, this is this is free advertisement for Dave Cook Sports on uh, action PC football because it's I've been. And so he 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 writes a book about his experience being in a league, um, using the software program and building a team and just his whole experience. And to me, I've read the book twice. It's a it is a great read. And towards the end of the book, uh, a buddy of mine is uh, is is he occupies pretty much the full chapter. Um, gentleman by the name of Randy, um, and I can't. And Randy, I know you're probably going to listen to this, but I can never pronounce your last name. So I'm just going to, for those who are listening, you get to the last chapter, Ted's talking about Randy. Um, and uh, Randy's a good friend of mine, but I can never, uh, Savigny, I think, I don't know. And I, 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 I'm going to have to email him later going, dude, I can't pronounce your last name. So my apologies, Randy, because I know at some point you're going to listen to this. So, uh, But it's a great book and it's a quick read. And uh, it's one of my favorites. It's It was one of those where I, as I was getting ready to move and I had to give books away, I had to give the hardcore. That was one that was hard for me to give up because I just enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. And for those who think playing simulation ball and building a team is easy, mm, when you got tw- when you've got 16 other owners and you're playing in a league with a bunch of old guys who spent a lot of time doing their homework drafting, uh, one of the first things, so when I joined Randy's league, cause it was with the first league I joined within minutes, guys were, Hey, you want to trade this guy? want to trade this guy? I went, dude, I don't even know who's on my team. <laughs> so you always got to be careful of, of trade sharks cause they're out there with, so, um, so you're reading that book. I'm working on man's, auto, um, not man's autobiography, but his biography just finished up snake, which is Kenny Stabler's biography. And hopefully after I read this book, then I'm going to start on my Al Dave. I'm going to, I'm going to go read a uh, man's book. It's a, on um, archive.org. You got to get cruising with the twos. That one too. I forgot about they They do talk about, and it's funny because they always talk about Matuzik's book. Um, that's one I got to find too and read. And for those who don't know, John Matuzik, uh, he was a nut job, played in the, I mean, he had issues, but he was a great football player. But he died incredibly young too. So yeah, um, very Goonies. Yeah, yeah. He who did he play? Did he play sloth? Yep, that's right. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. one of those. Um, man, I, I, when George Allen cut him from the set from the seventy or the seventy six Redskins, mm-hmm. like you said, too much Valium, or you know, the reason why he cut him or something. He was, you know, uh, he was John Matuzic was uh, not an easy player to control. No, no, he uh, he would have never survived in today's game with all of the uh, the testing and everything that goes on for drugs. And yeah, he would have. But it, it yeah, was, but it was it was a different time. Like yeah. it, it it it. But that was not just football. That was baseball too. Like it was it wasn't it wasn't just um just a one like one isolated thing. I remember um without trying to get off too much on the tangent. I remember watching a. Uh, Mike Schmidt interview years ago talking about how they took the green, like basically they had uppers in the morning, downers at night. And that's how you got through baseball. And he like, he was listed. This is what we took in the morning. This is what we took at night. We took it every single day. And that's what's got us through a 162 mm-hmm. game season. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like with the Raiders too. They had the, the, the Coke, the Coke cups. Mm-hmm. One had rat turds. You know, you know, pet pill. I, you know, they, you know, there was a lot. I mean, man, there was so much drugs going on, and even with the USFL, like the, the cocaine, the cocaine issues everybody had. Yeah, but that was that was not being old enough. That was a drug of choice in the eighties, from everything I've read or seen, and just like that was, you made it yeah. when you were doing. You're able to afford cocaine. I made it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. Uh, it was. You know, us old guys, we like to talk about, yeah, but that was part of it too. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you can't, some of the hits nowadays, I mean, obviously too, you know, the NFL films has toned it down with hard knock, you know, I'm still the surprise they even use the term hard knocks because all of the, you know, the CTE concussion, everything mm-hmm. that implies too. I'm surprised that they're still even using that. Cause remember, you know, NFL films will put out these VHS tapes of like, you know, killer hits and everything. You don't see that anymore. It's just, it's a, it's a different world we're in now. So, so with all that said, listen, I'm going to let you uh, start making your way to to bed here and getting ready to start a new day. And I'm going to go enjoy the sunshine here and in, uh, in, in Southwestern Japan. Hopefully we don't have, hopefully the aftershocks uh, lesson. We're still, I'm still getting alerts on aftershocks right now on my phone. So uh, yeah. So hopefully life's, you know, hopefully that all quiets down here. So, but hey, until next week, everybody, thank you very much for listening. And hopefully uh, we will have a guest next week. I've got nobody lined up right now, but we'll see who I who comes on. If not, it's just uh, Dave and I talking about the week that we, we never even got to the playoffs, but we'll we'll talk sure. NFL. We'll talk NFL playoffs here, you know, next week because this coming week is the final is week 17 and all the playoff spots will be set up. So we'll talk yep. more NFL playoffs next week. So again, Hey, this is Greg and Dave signing off here. Thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. This is Ralph Guillaume of the Russian Redskins introducing hail to the Redskins.
This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.